0: Please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this
1: episode. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane. Fun we have at the table together. This is Chris... Hey, this is Anthony. And this is episode 268, Where to Play Games Online. And we'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, Anthony, it looks like we're back again. A little bit indoors, so to speak, but we're definitely back again. And we're talking about where you can play tremendously fun board games online, especially during the current circumstances.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. Um, Not all of us love the solo gaming. Not all of us even have games that play solo. I have played a few solo games, but honestly, the majority of my gaming the last three weeks has been online. And there's been a fair amount of it just because I kind of dove in headfirst to explore all these different websites I'd never really used. There are, a lot of options and a pretty decent number of people doing it. So if you do want to play board games and you don't mind doing it digitally, we have lots and lots of options for you.
1: Yeah. And there's probably a lot of you out there who've played many, many video games, but really haven't jumped into the online board game industry. And there has been a lot of development over the last, I don't know, maybe three or four years, especially thanks to Asmoday. In fact, publishing games of their own and publishing games from other companies, digital versions of those. And that's really exploded and provided like really high quality. I remember when we first got into board games, Anthony, and I remember being really excited and finding a online digital representation of a board game online and either having no AI, which made the game almost unplayable, and sometimes actually having a very bad AI or a very hard AI. So like having Catan where you're supposed mm-hmm. to trade and the computer just won't trade with you or it'll give you, you know, all of its wood for one stone. And you're just like, ah, I don't, I don't know. Like that doesn't seem like a thing you should be doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny how bad some of those early ones were. And some have been around forever. Like the Catan app goes way back. The Carcassonne yeah. app goes way back. And they were, for what they were at the time, it was like a way to play games on your phone or your Xbox or wherever the heck they were. I just, I mean, heck, I played Monopoly on the Super Nintendo when I was like nine. Like oh it just has going on forever. <laughs> and it was bad, but you know, I liked Monopoly when I was nine. So it's an it's a interesting amount of space we've gone in all that time. And it's, it's kind of cool to see all the things you can actually play online now.
1: Yeah, I'm I, especially Hasbro had a lot out, like you mentioned, Monopoly, Risk, Scrabble. I mean, board games online have been around forever, but having these industry slash designer board games online that actually have a fair approximation to the actual, you know, board situation is relatively new, and it's being utilized on a lot of different platforms. So today we're going to talk about. All the different platforms that are out there and where you could find gaming and give you an idea of which platforms do what games best, what platforms you should take a look at, which ones are free and which ones you have to pay. You know, just give you an overall good idea where you should be playing board games. So get your friends on a Discord channel or however you do Skype or anything else, and we're going to give you the best places to play board games online. All right, Anthony, so that's what's going to be on our feature review, but let's talk about our question of the week. Yeah,
0: yeah, question of the week this week. We're going to mix things up a little bit. We're going to talk about it first, and then we're going to throw it to you guys and get your feedback, and next week we will read through your answers and kind of uh, close the loop on this and get your kind of thoughts on this specific question. Um, This week we're going to look at what is the first game you will play when the quarantine is lifted and you feel safe and comfortable leaving your home to interact with other gamers again. We're certainly hopeful that that is soon, but who knows, right? It could be months from now. So I personally, it's it sounds weird because it's not even my type of game, but I feel like the games that I'm going to want to play first when I finally get out of the house are going to be like highly social games, possibly even a party game or something. Just something where I get to sit around and laugh and just goof off and not really worry about the rules and stuff, because that's the stuff you can play online. You can get on Discord and you can have those things, but to actually sit with a group of people and just, you know, throw cards at each other or make jokes or whatever is, it's not something I realized I'd miss this much, but, you know, three and a half weeks in, I'm like, man, this is, this is rough. So (laughs) I think that's the kind of game I'm going to gravitate towards.
1: I think for me, and this is especially something I talked about, at least on our Facebook page. Actually, I posted it as a meme, but it's actually true. I got invited to a game of TI4, which, as everyone knows, is almost impossible to get to the table. And a couple of my friends were getting together to play it. And I got the invite, but it was just as the start of everything kind of happening here in the U.S., and I was self-quarantining and, you know, considering visiting my family and staying with them because they needed some help. And obviously, it was no reason to be by myself in my apartment. And it was really kind of a hard decision. But obviously, the right decision, of, of course, is to stay as quarantined as possible through this whole epidemic. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to play and every get a chance to play a full game. I'm going to have to pass. So it's going to be TI4, I think, in some ways, what you mentioned, Anthony, being able to have as many people at the table, and TI4 does that, so having a long game night with you know as many people at the, t- the table as possible, I mean, there's so many great games for that, as you mentioned, so many different party games for that, but yeah, I, I definitely want to get uh, TI4 at the table, so that's going to be the game that we're going to plan coming up. So we really want to hear from you about what game are you're looking to hit the table once the quarantine lifts, wherever you are in the world. Please hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on BoardGamersAnonymous.com. We have a guild on BoardGameGeek, or maybe you're listening to this on YouTube. We actually have a YouTube channel where you can find all of our podcasts and many videos from Anthony. So check out our YouTube channel as well. Please hit us up. Let us know. We would love to get your information out there to everyone who's gaming. All right, Anthony. So that's everything that's going on with our question of the week, with us at least. And we'll be hearing from our listeners pretty soon. But let's get on to the games that we want to hit the table. Let's talk about our acquisition disorders. Yeah, I was actually surprised that there are
0: still things to talk about. But people still have their announcements to make. Essen is still scheduled as so as we speak. So people are announcing games. Things are going up on Kickstarter still. So we got stuff to talk about, which is exciting because I was worried we would not. <laughs> um, so the one I wanted to talk about, and originally it was the one you're going to talk about, but then this came out, so I want to talk about this one instead, is sure. Suyu, the Inca Empire. Uh, it's designed by David Turchi and from Board and Dice Games, uh, which is why the name is... Almost illegible, because they just <laughs> love torturing us.
1: You guys are killing me. Is there any chance that they're trying to get us to recite some ancient Cthulhu summoning curse? That if we all pronounce all of their games in its native tongue, it'll kind of rise something from the other world?
0: That's true. They could just be saying, like, this is Mayan, this is Incan, and they're like, no, these are not those words. <laughs> like, find somebody who speaks those dialects and they're like Mm-mm, no
1: it's not good <laughs> but <laughs> it's mostly klingon but go ahead go ahead whatever you gotta say about it
0: <laughs> oh man i look forward to somebody telling me how wrong i said that word too um the press release i got for this actually had a pronunciation guide i just don't have it up in front of me so you get what you get to wanton that's what we're gonna call it so it's another T game from Board and Dice. Um, again, they made a joke about it in the press release, which I thought was funny because they're aware that they're becoming that company. But it, this one's from David Turchi and it has kind of a similar look and feel and vibe as like Teyat but it's a different designer, of course. Um, it's not Tashini, it's Turchi. And Turchi is well known for a lot of his solo implementations on other games, as well as Dice Settlers and his big, big release, Anachrony. Um, which is one of my favorite all-time worker placement games. So this one is about the uh, Inca capital of Cusco and specifically the Coricancha Golden Temple um, sitting atop the hill. And you're going to have like a high priest in that temple and as well as a bunch of workers that are going around doing various things uh, in this city, this historical city, and attempting to, you know, similar to Taylor Khan kind of strategically place yourself, do the most good stuff, move up, uh, and become the best. You know, I don't know, it's a Euro game. You understand what you're trying to do, right? Uh, but in terms of, like, the mechanics, you have various worker abilities. There are different types of workers that you're going to gain, and they do different things based on who they are. So you have warriors and craftsmen and architects and priests. Um, there are guard, god cards that you try to collect that give you different abilities uh, and... You can kind of activate those based on the actions you take. There are army cards um, to try to conquer different villages in the nearby regions. Uh, And then, of course, the high priest, your single meeple that's moving around in the Korra So this looks really interesting. Uh, It seems like an interesting, unique twist on worker placement or action uh, selection. And has a few different mechanics kind of mixed in there. But in general, I like Turchi's approach to gaming. Um, some of his games can be a little overwrought with stuff, but they're still fun. They're still good at the end of the day. Like they all work together. Even if it is a little too much rules overhead, I still enjoy them. So thematically very interested mechanically seems really good. Uh, this one comes out at Essen. I know the pre-orders and everything are going up now. I have no idea how anybody is going to get this. If depending on where you are, how you're going to get there or whatever it is, but, I'm going to keep my eye on it and hopefully it's something get a chance to play by the end of the year. So Tawantinsuyu, the Inca Empire.
1: We make fun of the names, but obviously it's really trying to fit the culture and utilizing the language is perfect there. And as you mentioned, the games have their challenges, but in general, very well-worn, solid Euro mechanics in the game and really a pleasure to get to the table. So I'm looking forward to this. I think it's Rather interesting, and you know, and probably going to be another winner on their hands. So, speaking of winners, so to speak, I guess we have to talk about the new mega giant Kickstarter that recently launched. That, of course, is Frosthaven. So, Frosthaven, for the three people out there who don't know anything about Kickstarting and board games is a Euro-inspired dungeon crawl sequel to the 2017 smash hit gloomhaven so again if you don't know anything about it here is literally five seconds it's a dungeon crawl but instead of dice you are utilizing cards to move to do special abilities and it has a really interesting legacy mechanic to it where throughout the game you are building up your characters you are switching characters you're upgrading the town, certain different events happen. So it has a lot of that dungeon crawl RPG, just a little bit, uh, hack and slash a lot, and you know building up your character with cards and weapons and tools and things like this. And yet it's very approachable. I mean, everyone I've talked to who actually sat down and played this game generally enjoyed it and was able to you know, get into it, even though that might not necessarily be their genre of board gaming. So currently it's up. And at this point, it's at $6.6 million with 46,000 plus backers. And of course, if you're interested in it, it reaches its final day on Friday, May 1st. So you still have plenty of time to back it. So if you play Gloomhaven, or if you haven't played Gloomhaven, but you are interested in Frosthaven, and you're trying to make the decision between the two, there is some differences. So first off, one of the main differences from Gloomhaven is typically when you go through Gloomhaven, you're collecting gold, and gold is important because in order to buy upgraded weapons and trinkets and things that are going to be able to benefit you, rushing for those gold is really important so usually knocking out guys gives you gold sometimes there are chests that are available now loot in Frosthaven haven is going to be a little different so there are going to be different resource tokens on the board that are not necessarily going to give you just gold but it's actually going to give you raw resources that are going to even be more valuable that you'll be able to turn into different weapons and different things in the game and, and allow you to kind of more Uh, customize your character instead of just having the generic, oh, I got money, therefore I'll turn in for things. There'll also be special, you know, weapons that you'll pop up and things, just generally powerful weapons. In addition to that, buildings are now upgradable and they'll have various bonuses and they'll also be able to track new character classes to the town. So whereas Gloomhaven did have those, oh, we added some different areas, we added some stickers to the board, But generally, Gloomhaven was Gloomhaven with not much more to it. This is actually going to let you build the buildings, build the barricades, upgrade the buildings, and get special bonuses from there. Also, there's going to be seasons in this game. So typically when you're playing Gloomhaven, it's very much the same type of game over and over again. Here with the seasons, you're going to have summer, which is going to be just like Gloomhaven. You're going to have some random encounters, some interactions. You're going to be able to travel normally but once winter hits of course with frosthaven things are going to become more dangerous so you're going to get attacked a lot more your you know your town's going to get attacked a lot more and you'll have to do a lot more to prepare for what's coming up and finally they're going to have an additional book as far as what you'll be able to decipher about the journey both for your characters and also for gloomhaven and the bigger story so by completing all the missions, you'll pick up information that'll help you decipher what's in the book by picking up all these different clues. And again, it adds a little bit more to the story of Frosthaven. Now, if I did have any criticism of Gloomhaven, it was a lot of the same. So having more of these elements of building up the town differently, having more secrets kind of revealed, having different characters come to the town And a more refined system here and there, not to mention that the starting characters seem to be a little more dynamic, a little more unusual than before is something that I'm actually considering. Uh, This campaign pretty much has everything you could ever want, not just for Frosthaven, but they're also showing Gloomhaven, the expansions, all the upgrade packs and things and such. So if you have any interest in Gloomhaven or Frosthaven, or you want to check out how many millions and millions of dollars this makes forest haven is available until may 1st yeah i mean i love gloomhaven it, I,
0: obviously it's one of my favorite games i just i'm like 20 percent, 25 of through all the content that's available for that you know including the expansions and it's been you know two or three years now so i'm finding it difficult to muster the uh energy to purchase another 150 fifty dollar game that i probably will not play for five years so <laughs> i think i'm gonna sit this one out but it's not because of lack of enthusiasm it's just a deep seated knowledge knowing that I'm not going to play it for a long time.
1: Yeah. I think that's the problem for all of us. I mean, it, this just looks fantastic, but it's again, it's one of those situations where you have to have a group to play along with you almost the complete amount of time, unless you play it solo, which again, it's, it's a massive undertaking because there's so many pieces, so much set up for the game mm-hmm. that I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate anyone who actually does that. And I and I thought about that when originally Gloomhaven came out. I'm like, there's no way with my gaming groups, I'm going to be able to get Gloomhaven to the table continuously. And I think we got 30 to 40 missions done, and it's fine. But again, it's one of those situations where it's a lot of scheduling. And if there's ever been a challenge when it comes to board gaming, it's not the rulebook. <laughs> it's the scheduling. Yep. So... <laughs> You know, in a different world, in a different life, I'd pick this up, but I don't know. It's one of those things where it's very tempting because Gloomhaven was such a solid game. So to have a upgraded, new version of it is very tempting. But like you said, it's another you know box on the shelf that may not been able to get to for quite some time. But you know, for those of you who can get to the table or do have the time solo, uh, definitely, definitely check this out. All right, Anthony, so that's what's going on with Acquisition Disorders. Let's talk about the games that actually hit the table this week. Let's talk about our At the Tables. All righty. I got a game played. It happened. It's actually At the
0: Table, physically. Uh, And it's new to me. It's Cities Skylines. This is, it's a weird game to describe. So I guess let's go back to the beginning. Cities Skylines is a video game uh, from Paradox Interactive. It's basically SimCity, but it's 2020 and this is our version of SimCity because SimCity just hasn't been good for a long time. So City Skyline is the game you play if you want SimCity. I love SimCity. It was my favorite game as a kid. And the fact that this is, you know, available is it's, it's a very good implementation. I've played it on the Switch. I've played it on the PC. I've played it now on the Mac. It's great. The board game is, I I won't say inexplicably because I don't really know how best to do this, but it's a cooperative game It is two-dimensional, so flat, polyomino tile-based, and it is card-driven. So what you're doing in this game is you'll have three decks of cards. Whenever you play a card, you'll draw another one up into your hand, and each of these cards will have uh, some kind of tile associated with them. So there's like the three basic districts. You have commercial, residential, and industrial, and whenever you play one of those, you pick whichever tile you want based on the space that's available then you have services and you have utilities. Uh, services come in different tiers. Tier one means to use it, things need to be touching it. Tier two and three, it just has to be in the same sector of the city and, or district, I think they're called. And those are just like where the roads cut it off, right? So it's this big, intricate puzzle where you're trying to generate enough money and then make sure you have enough power and make sure you have enough, elect- you know, all these water and you know garbage pickup or whatever it is you manage your population up and down and it's this like, weird fiddly in between thing where when you decide that you want to end a milestone which is one of the tiles that you place on the table you go through this scoring set section basically you score whatever points you built up And then you maybe lose some other things based on what happens there. So like, let's say you're, you don't have enough water. You lose a couple points for that and you drop everything down and you basically bank the points you've generated. Then you flip another tile, you pay for it and you continue. I don't know that it really captures really. I mean, it captures some of what makes city skylands a fun game, but at the end of the day, It's this incredibly solo centric puzzle that focuses on having the right cards in your hand, mitigating luck to a significant degree, because you might get to a point where your garbage is maxed, and your crime is maxed out, and your traffic is maxed out, and you just cannot draw a card that fixes any of those problems. And if that happens, and you just keep drawing cards, and you keep paying money to bank cards, you're going to lose And it's not because you didn't have a good plan. It's just because you took on a little bit too much risk early and the cards didn't play out. So it is definitely not a puzzle you can control in any sense of the word. You have to mitigate heavily, not over commit to any single area. The end of the game kind of peters out a little bit because you decide when you want to score it. You don't just, you know, as long as you have a building of some kind in each of the districts, you can end the game whenever you want. And then you just see how many points you got and how you score on this you know, the table, there are, of course, losing conditions. There's like four or five of them, like any good co-op, but it just didn't have like the arc that I wanted that you typically feel in a city building game. You can draw from any of the decks whenever you want. So if you want to jump up to level three cards and you have the stuff to do it, go for it. It just didn't, it doesn't feel right. You know, you should be building slowly over time, getting to the next level, then building up a little more, getting to the next level, And yeah, you have to manage things like population and crime and, you know, making sure you have enough schools and making sure you have enough parks to offset the pollution. But it just doesn't, it does all those things. It just doesn't feel like it should in the context of what this game is supposed to be, right? It's a branded game, so it should feel like that video game. So it's, I don't know, it's a dodge for me. Uh, And I thought I'd like it a little more just because the reviews I saw and kind of the, the feedback I saw on it are... It's not a great cooperative game. It works well solo. It's a good solo puzzle, but I didn't love it solo. I played it a couple times and then I packed it up and it's off the shelf. Like I'm going to put it in a box like I do with, well, anything right now because I have no one to give them to or sell them to. But yeah, it's just it was a little disappointing. It's not quite, you know, it's not a burn or anything. It's like the worst game in the world. I didn't hate it. It just didn't do all the things I wanted it to do and had a few just pacing issues, tone issues. It just didn't really pan out um, in the way a game like this should. Should you play it cooperatively? No, I have not done so, but I cannot imagine that being fun. I just cannot. So I guess take my opinion on that with a grain of salt because I haven't done it, but it's just you draw cards, you figure out where you're putting things, you play the cards. The rules are exactly the same it's going to have a just alpha gamer issues out the wazoo. So, I can't imagine enjoying that very much, but um yeah, City Skylines. Uh, you know, if you're really really big into puzzly games and you don't mind kind of a little wishy-washiness on the theme and it's kind of flat, then maybe give it a go, but probably wait until it's cheap. It's not, you know, it's not that expensive, but it'll get cheap because I don't I don't think this game's going to be around for too long so that's city skylines it's a dodge for me disappointed but not super surprised
1: all right so that's everything that's hitting our table now on to our feature review so for our feature review this week we are talking about where to play board games online what platforms what systems are best to get those games to the table so anthony you got a pretty extensive list for us here i do yeah i spent some time
0: building this up and I guess we have to start right off the top with Steam. Uh, just as a platform, you have something like, I think they have three or 400 different board game apps uh, that kind of fit the bill. And there's a lot in here, things that I didn't even realize were in here, like Zularetto has a board game implementation. Doesn't have great reviews, but it's in there. <laughs> um, uh, Gloomhaven, obviously on the big end, you've got things like Mysterium, very popular, Splendor, Love Letter. Through the Ages is one of the best board game app implementations, period, anywhere. Uh, that's on Steam. Uh, you have some war games in the form of like the, the Labyrinth. You have uh, Through uh, Twilight Struggle. We have Terra Mystica. And, and we're not going to run through all of these, obviously. But if you don't mind kind of the hyper-stylized, fleshed out versions of things that you'd find um, from like Asmodee Digital... Uh, or Playdeck or some of the other big companies that make these apps, Steam is a very good place to start. The trade-off, of course, being that they are very expensive. Some of those that I mentioned cost upwards of $20 uh, for a board game implementation. I think Gloomhaven is like 15 to 20, something like that. And that one's not even fully released yet. So keep that in mind. It's got to be a game you really, really like and you can get other people to buy so you can play with them. But um, there are there is a lot of good stuff on there.
1: Yeah, Steam... I guess it's kind of an old standby, especially for all its video games and for its massive amounts of games that sometimes you get on special for very little, if not for free. And this has been great, especially for Scythe. You could actually play Scythe on steam, which isn't too bad, but again, it's one of those situations where since the games are coming from different publishers, at least video game publishers, the implementation is kind of all over the place I generally play Scythe on there. I mean, that's pretty much up and down the line, except for Slay the Spire, which I guess you can consider to be a board game, but it was it's not a board game implementation. It just has kind of card play in it. So yeah, I guess Scythe would probably be my uh, best recommendation for that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, Scythe's really good. Um, it's been on sale a bunch lately. Uh, Terraforming Mars app is surprisingly much better than it used to be. I've actually enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, So, yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff on there.
1: Definitely make sure to check that out. And that's what's really great about Steam, too, is that oftentimes you do see upgrades and different DLC that actually will improve the game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right, so next on the list, we have iOS and Android, which, for the most part, if it's on Steam, it's on one of these. Not universally. There are some that are just mobile apps, but let's be frank, if you're going to play... Uh, a digital board game you probably want it on a tablet there are a few games that don't look very good on a tablet um Scythe is a good example I don't even think it's on a tablet because it just needs all that screen real estate uh Terraforming Mars did not used to look very good on a tablet Um, Terra Mystica looks downright bad on a smaller screen it's hard to see anything so there are some games you'd want on the bigger screen in Steam but if you want it mobile and it's on Steam or if it's not check on your phone. There's hundreds and hundreds of board games. Um, iOS definitely has the better library, but a bunch of these are also on Android. So just make sure to check, you know, before you make the assumption that it's not there because there are a whole bunch there. They tend to go on sale a little more often in those app stores as well, and sometimes are a little bit less expensive too. So if you have the choice between the two and you're trying to stay on a budget, um, your
1: phone or your tablet might be the way to go. Yeah, and there's a lot of sales. I think that was the first thing that really surprised me about all the apps was initially they're very expensive. But I think more than any of the platforms here is they go on sale almost all the time. I would say probably every six months or so, something is on massive amounts of sales. Like Day recently had a pretty big sale where their games were knocked down like 50% or so. So if you feel like it's a little too expensive, just hold out a bit. And you can actually get these for a deal. Although some of these play better or only played on the app. I think for me, the best one was actually a Kickstarter way back in the day. And that was Small World, which was a fantastic implementation. And I challenge anyone to find a better one for it. Yeah, it's really a a great platform to be able to uh, play games. Absolutely.
0: So now we're going to move on to some of the sites that offer things like asynchronous play, you know, user-created content. Uh, so not like the heavily branded, highly stylized board games, but the ones you can find online and kind of click through and play wherever you happen to be. So probably the biggest of these sites is Board Game Arena. They have the highest production value. They have a premium edition. They have something like 175 games on there. Uh, it's the most modern, probably the easiest to use. Right now, because of how many people are using that site, and I think they've increased their user count by like 10-fold in the last three weeks, you kind of need to have a premium account or you might just get booted off. So when the servers get really full, they'll boot anybody who's on a free account just to make sure the premium people can stay on. And that has happened a bunch of late. Now, they've done a lot of good work in like expanding the servers and helping everybody get on there. But, you know, if you want to make sure you can finish a game, it's often your best option. Um, I've spent a lot of time on here They have a lot of really good games. Uh, I've played Clans of Caledonia on here a few times. My personal, uh, one of my personal favorites, Spirium is on here. Uh, Race for the Galaxy as well as Roll for the Galaxy. Terra Mystica is on here. Seven Wonders is on here. And all these implementations are very good. So I do recommend if you are just getting started looking at online games, think you might play asynchronously or looking just for something simple and accessible that will run the rules for you, uh, board game arena is a really good place to start
1: yeah i think you mentioned the implementation's key i think anthony will talk about other platforms that don't have a great implementation so it may not seem like something that's very important but when you actually get down to actually playing some of these games if the game is not locked down if it's not playing smoothly if it's challenge even to move things around you're gonna have a bad time pretty much mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess for me As far as, you know, talking about really great games here, this has a great collection of Euro games. I think Roll for the Galaxy is really fun to have on here. Seasons is great. I think any game where you do need the system to do the calculations for you, that's what you're really going to love about these different apps. And that's pretty fantastic. I also play Seven Wonders on here. I think I do prefer the app version. But, you know, if you want to get seven players together pretty quick, it's a, a great way to play it. And as Anthony mentioned, Spirium's on here. A lot of like off kind of market games. Quantum is on here. So yeah, definitely check it out. But uh, if you do, highly recommend paying the two bucks a month in advance so that you don't have to wait to actually be able to play a game. And then obviously it opens a lot more games for you. Absolutely. All right. So the next one on here
0: that has a big chunk of games is yukata.de. This one has about 150 games, uh, has English and German support. Um, I didn't mention Borgi Marina has, I think, 40 or 50 different languages supported for a lot of these games. So definitely the most universal. But Yukata does have English and German. And for me, Yukata is the most Euro-friendly of any of these sites. It has probably my favorite list of games. There's a lot of games in here I love. And I might be biased a little because this is the site I think they have seven or eight Feld games. So they like on Feld. I like Stefan Feld. We get along. It's good. Um, the interface, though, is a little dated. It's not very good uh, compared to some of the other more modern sites. Um, it's definitely not the worst one. They have definitely suffered from the increase in uh, traffic as well. Uh, it's been pretty slow and a lot of days recently, uh, because of the graphics heavy nature of their interface, sometimes things load a little slowly just between turns. So you can tell when everybody's busy on there, especially like prime time in Europe. Um, I think they have a lot of German users. But if you're looking for implementations of at the gates of Loyang or Bruges or Carpe Diem, I've been playing a lot lately, first class is on here, Luna and Macau for the Feld fans out there, St. Petersburg, which you can't find anywhere um palaces of carrera uh speaker stat Voyages of marco polo this is one of the few ways to play that online there's a lot of good stuff on there sure. so i if you are a euro gamer definitely sign up for yukata
1: yeah i'm gonna jump in and throw in macau on top of that too because that's another game that's out of print so a lot of opportunities to play these games in advance and they're always throwing new betas up here too so if you don't see something on these sites you like it's good good uh, opportunity to let them know and they might actually pick those things up i mean even vikings the palaces of carreras on here as anthony mentioned uh turns and taxis is on here which you don't see very often anywhere so a lot of out of print games you could find on here to play absolutely
0: uh all right so we're gonna jump into a couple more modern ones um that offer just super slick modern designs and lots and lots of options but maybe some trade-offs as well the first of these is tabletopia This one was uh, on Kickstarter like three or four years ago, and it's now just in general user access. If you want to join Tabletopia, you do have to pay a monthly fee. You can get a free account, and as long as someone has a, a paid account, they can invite other people to their games. But there are some limitations that show up. They have 850 games. A lot of the games on here are designed by or submitted by the developers. And this site is frequently used to show off games during Kickstarter campaigns. So you'll find a lot of implementations that maybe are slightly dated. Uh, We played Brass Birmingham on here two, three weeks ago, and it was all there, but the board was slightly different. Some of the design was slightly different. It clearly wasn't like the finished version of the game. But the trade-off is you have a lot of really new modern games. You've got Scythe, Terra Mystica, Brass, Viticulture, Orleans, Anachrony, uh dominant species is on here lisboa is on here in fact a lot of lacerda's games are on here so if you're looking for the biggest i i guess representation of the hotness uh maybe not the current current hotness but like the last like three four years hotness um tabletopia is probably the best of these at least from like an official standpoint that's you know backed by developers Uh, the downside of tabletopia is that while everything is rendered in 3D and generally high quality scans it's all you got to manage everything none of it's calculated you have to move stuff around stuff will fall over it's not always magnetic it it can be a bit of a mess and in my experience it almost always takes longer to play a game on here even if everybody knows it than if if you just had the cardboard in front of you so that's a challenge um, and if there's a game on here that you can get somewhere else like on Board Game Arena I almost always recommend doing that
1: yeah i would agree with anything you said anthony i mean obviously there's a lot of games here that most people wouldn't get the chance to play again because maybe they are so new or they kind of came out burnt out a little bit popped up on kickstarter or somewhere in the production but you know again it's going to be that implementation it's going to be able to move things around you're going to have to keep track of everything it's not impossible, but it's a challenge. I mean, you really have to know the game coming into it because the game is not going to help you with that. Most, if not all of the games, have some form of rule set that you can kind of pop up in a PDF. But in general, again, it's it's a bit of a hassle to kind of get through. But again, maybe the games are worth it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like on that
0: vein, we've got tabletop simulator, which people often lump together with Tabletopia. Tabletop Simulator is a little more complicated because it's it's more of a sandbox. So this is typically 20 bucks on Steam and you can almost always get it on sale. Uh I think right now it's 10 bucks and it's been on sale like two or three times now already in the last month, just because of the situation. Um But it is all workshop-based. So the vast majority of games on here are submitted by users who scan in content and program it using the tool set provided by the game. And a lot of those are really, really good. Now, there is official DLC for this as well. So like Wingspan is on here. If you want to play Wingspan on Tabletop Simulator, you can. But I think it's like 7 bucks or something for the official DLC that's licensed by uh, Stonemaier Games. And so there are a few of those, and that's usually what you're going to see if you go in and look at it on Steam. But if you go into the Workshop tab, you'll find (laughs) 14,000 different submissions of all sorts of games. So some of these are official, some of them are not. So it's hard, you know, I can't say for sure what's been copyright approved and what hasn't, but I will say that there are hundreds and hundreds of games on here. Many of them are scripted, which means they will do some of that math and some of the movement for you. Um, I know the Brass Birmingham implementation on here is much, much better than Tabletopia because it is highly scripted. People swear by the Spirit Island implementation because it is scripted as well and just really helps streamline a lot of the fiddliness of that game. Food Chain Magnets on here, and we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But there's a lot of pretty much any game you can think of that has even a halfway decent audience is on Tabletop Simulator. Whether it's a good implementation or not depends on how many people like it and have worked on it. but it's a it's a really good place to start, you know, uh, especially getting used to these things. And if you have the flexibility to work within that system and all the people you want to play with own a copy of this, it's one of the better options.
1: Yeah, this is another one that comes through Steam. So, yeah, Anthony mentioned Wingspan, but there's also Blood Rage on here. There's Three Kingdoms Redux, Cosmic Encounter. There's obviously Scythe, because it seems like Scythe is everywhere. Uh, Indonesia's on here, which is also a very challenging game to get on here. All the Epic Games on here, Viticulture's on here. Again, this is going to be another challenge. If you don't know the game coming into it, you're going to have a really challenging time. So I, again, just like Tabletopia, I recommend only if you know the game and everyone knows the game, because... Otherwise, it's going to be a very long night of trying to flip cards over. And I think when I originally purchased this, which was way back when, we tried to play some games. It was not working well and found out that there is a, a command that you can flip the table. And we were kind of enjoying that for a second. And then we're like, huh. All right. Well, that's not good. But they've improved. And again, a lot of DLC, a lot of you know, official kind of releases here, too. So... Yeah, absolutely. It's a good starting point for sure.
0: All right. So the next few of these are a little more niche, a little less accessible in some ways, and uh, pretty specific to certain games. So I won't spend quite as much time on them. Um, the first on the list is Board Game Core. Uh, it's play.boardgamecore.net, I believe. And this is where you go if you want to play Food Chain Magnet online or The Great Zimbabwe. Uh, this is where you go online if you want to play a bunch of splotters. So you got Food Chain Magnet, which is the big one. You've got Great Zimbabwe, uh, which is my favorite of the bunch. And then Antiquity, of all games, is on here as well. They also have Vir Volk, which I've never heard of or played, but it is also on here. So uh, I will say that of these, uh, the Food Chain Magnet and Great Zimbabwe implementations are pretty decent because those games lend themselves well to this. Antiquity is... It's rough. <laughs> it is it's rough. Um, the game works, but it's a little rough, and it doesn't give you quite as much feedback as you'd like, uh, all things considered. But if you want to play Splatter online, I've used this site a lot, actually. We've played Food Shape Bandit three or four times. we played Great Zimbabwe like 12 times. Um, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, Splatters are really hard to get to the table. They have so many pieces, so... Again, anything that can actually get the game to the table and get the game played is absolutely perfect, and Splatter is the perfect situation for these types of games. All right, yeah,
0: so speaking of Splatter, we have SlothNinja.com. This site has five different games on it, three of which I've never heard of, uh, so I don't know. Uh, But it does have Tammany Hall, and it has Indonesia. So... I did play a game of Indonesia on here a couple weeks ago with my local group. It is as long as I remember <laughs> as a game. And because of the auctions and mergers, the game can be a little rough to play asynchronous. I think it took us almost a week to get through it. And that was with everybody like pinging each other constantly in discord when it was their turn. So I don't know that I necessarily recommend that, but it's a- decent implementation the map works well has zoom options in and out and it does keep track of all the math for you which is kind of the big hang up with indonesia is just all that math so if you want to play indonesia online this is probably the easiest way to do it yeah and
1: i think if you ever do play indonesia you absolutely positively need the easiest way possible (laughs) because otherwise that game's gonna take forever my friend Oh, yes, yes, even without. <laughs> so, um,
0: all right, so moving on to a couple of websites that have some pretty good games listed on them, but the interface and usability of them is a little rough. So, first up, we have the French website, which I'm going to butcher um, Boite de Joux. I don't know if that's right, but b o i t e a g j e u uh, x dot net. And this one's in German, English, and French, and it has Agricola, Alhambra, Brussels 1893. For those of you who can stand that game, uh, Concordia is on here, um, Ginkopolis, a great old one, Kanban is on here, Taurus, Trajan is here as well, Zolkin. So, again, a lot of really good euros available, but the interface is pretty rough. You just go to the landing page and you can see it's you know, it's got some hurdles to get over to get it running but they do run well once you're in there and get used to it so kind of like you caught of it not quite as up
1: to snuff i feel like with this and the other smaller ones you mentioned and the couple of the ones you're going to mention i think the only thing i really have to say about them is i'm grateful that they're here and and back in my day we only had these really bad websites with board games and we liked it because it you know obviously <laughs> it's it thank goodness that they exist but yeah they they are a product of their time yeah yeah
0: they yeah let's just say that they can be rough to get through especially when you have newer stuff that does it so much better um speaking of which we have bretspiel wild which is one of the older ones and you can tell when you land there um this is the only place to play power grid online which is important for those of you who want to play power grid including myself, who has it on a 10 by 10 list, and we're trying to get it played. Um, They also have The Crew, the new uh, cooperative trick-taking game that I think is fantastic. So that's a good place to play that. They have uh, Skull King, which is also fantastic, really good trick-taking game. Getting games set up on here is a bit rough. Finding people is a bit rough, but it does work if you power through, (laughs) I should say. (laughs) These games, it's all about what game you want to play, and if one of these websites has the game you want to play, you can make it happen all right so the last three here on the list just real quick we have vassal which is it's like a hybrid online email slash thing you basically download modules to your computer that will run the pieces of the game and those can then communicate with other computers or can send moves by email um has a bunch of games on there this has been around for a long time it's surprisingly more intuitive than you might think but Definitely not as intuitive as some of these like web-based ones, but if there are games you're looking for that you can't find elsewhere, Vassal may have them. Um, Happy Meeple is a site that has a lot of good two-player games, much smaller list, but it has things like Lost Cities, Hanamakoji, um, the Celtus card game. So if you're looking for some like quick two-player games online, uh, Happy Meeples is a good place to go. And then uh, Board Gameplay has uh, the Manhattan Project, Energy Empire, Uh, Montana and Rurik, Dawn of Kiev. So just kind of like a weirdly small group of games, but some good games there. So Energy Empire in particular is fantastic. Um, So it's cool to have a place to play that online. So that is all of
1: them. Well, it's not all of them. Those are all the ones we recommend. (laughs) Yeah. So even during this time, there's a lot of great places to play board games with your friends out there and make some new friends. So please check out all these different sites they all have a different variety of games and a different level of interaction and a different level of computations that actually go into it, whether you have to do it or the computer does it. So please check them out. The vast majority of them are free or fairly inexpensive. And it's really a, just a great way to get games to the table. So thanks to all of these different platforms, all of the volunteers for putting these games out there and everyone who hosts them because uh, you're helping us through a quite difficult time. So thanks everybody. All right, Anthony. So that's everything for this week until next time. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you a seat online.